Hello and welcome everyone to today's podcast episode of Voices of E-Learning. I'm your host, J.W. Marshall, and we're glad you found us today. We've got a really great guest lined up for us today, David Lopez. He is the Senior Alliance Manager, North America EDU for ScreenBeam. How are you doing today, David? Doing well, thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Absolutely. And before we dive into some questions, um, if we could start by just giving our audience a little bit of background on yourself and ScreenBeam. Uh, sure. Um, again, my name is David Lopez. Um, I've been with ScreenBeam going on about six years now, but formerly um, was in the classroom as a um, more of a on the computer teaching side. Worked with a lot of students on on uh, instruction and in, in computers, um, and uh, but also had a played a role in the school technology and kind of implementing that throughout the school, and uh, then went to work for. Uh, the district and, and doing teacher training on technology and administrators as well and online learning and other solutions that we did. Um, and so my, my role with ScreenBeam has actually been a, a user of the product uh, before I was actually came to work for the company. I taught with using ScreenBeam, uh, doing a lot of training using ScreenBeam uh, before and haven't really looked back since. So I, I can count on on one hand the number of times that I've I've trained or taught uh, without ScreenBeam in the last six or seven years. Uh, but ScreenBeam is a, uh, we are a wireless display company, but really it's a, it's a whole other world than what people just think of, of sending their screen to the front of the room. Um, and so we're hopefully get people to, to learn a little more about that today, but also about the impact that we're having and, and what's going on in the education technology world today. Absolutely. And it's always great to hear, uh, you know, that people are loving their, uh, products so much that they end up working for the company. Uh, I think that's a real testament um, to what you guys are doing. Uh, my first question is a, is a big one, kind of at a macro level. Uh, what has been a crazy 2020 and already 2021 is um, shifting and changing, it seems like, on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things that districts need to be thinking about as they're now starting to plan for um, a return in some form or fashion this fall? Yeah, I, you know, I, I try to be, uh, keep our, our really close to those conversations as much as we can with some of the high level district folks that we work with and, and figuring out where they're going and what their needs are. Um, we are seeing a much bigger return to the classroom on a, uh, not only on a, on a national level, on, on a global level. I work with our partners in, in the UK just, uh, just yesterday. Um, you know, and talking about, you know, in, in Wales and in Scotland and in the UK, you know, um, a lot of students are even coming back as early as next month as their plan. And they have a much more larger uh, government role in their school there. And so the public schools are very tied into those, some of those divisions. Um, and so here in the U.S., you know, it's, it's similar in that we're planning on, on coming back. And that's really part of the, the role that we're seeing is a lot of schools are, are coming back and they're wanting to come back and get students in the classroom because that affects a lot of other things, even on an econ- economic scale with parents going back to work and, and being able to go back to work. Um, so what we see with schools is we see them making those plans for what happens when, you know, not if, but what happens when we come back, students bring all this technology back with them, um, trying to reacclimate the students to you know that environment again and, and figuring out how to make that work um, so we are seeing those plans happening and, and schools um, you know making efforts to to have some solid things on the ground before students get back or as students are coming back and so practically speaking what would be the 
the most important thing that districts should be having a conversation about right now instead <laughs> of waiting to just get through the spring and then kind of reassess this summer. Um, and maybe that's um, yeah. looking at the infrastructure uh, of the school or the funding that hopefully will be trickling down through the states um, in the coming months. Yeah. I, so what, what we are uh, hoping to, to see with, what well, we are seeing with a lot of schools is that they have safety in mind, obviously, with teachers and students. Um, one of the things that we we do um, kind of fall into that category is being able to create an environment that's um, less contact or contact less um, when it comes to using devices and, and things like that in the classroom. Uh, being a wireless display company, the fact that we can basically plug our device into any screen or any projector and offer that environment where they don't have to walk into a room and touch a screen or uh, use somebody else's device or in a higher ed institution, uh, use a podium that somebody else has been using um, or even in a conference room in a, in a school that they have to plug in their device using cables and cords that other people have, uh, you know, have used, trying to keep that as contactless as possible. ScreenBeam enables that and we do see that as kind of a great foundation for uh, what's going to happen in the classrooms, what can happen in the classrooms uh, and saying, look, let's start with that as a baseline for uh, creating that environment that's easy for students to share content from, from their own device without having to get up and, and move around the room. Um, and that's, you know, that's really what we provide is a really, uh, really seamless solution for that to happen without a lot of legwork. And that's, that's another big key for us is that you, know, you can take our device and put it in just about any room and not, and not have any functionality issues. You have the ability to set it up and, and go from there. So my next question is, what kind of technology, you know, innovation have you seen uh, at ScreenBeam as well as just across the industry to meet these new demands of uh, the, the 2021 uh, classroom? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we are recognizing, too, that not everybody is going to come back full bore. A lot of schools that you see, they have different strategies uh, for uh, partial return, full, re you know, half return, or partial return, uh, and then a full return, what happens when that takes place. And so what you're seeing in a lot of these schools is um, that unified communication solution, how they're going to integrate maybe some uh, you see platforms or other things into their classrooms. Um, ScreenBeam does have, we do have a solution for that with our, with our, one of our products, the 1100 plus. Um, but again, we, one of the things that I try to do as a kind of our, our alliance manager and as a subject matter expert with this is I try not to, to sell ScreenBeam. It sounds kind of funny, uh, but I really try to listen to what those needs are. And if there is a solution that they're looking for that says, Hey, we want to be able to have a contactless environment. We want to have uh, the ability to have a hybrid type setup. You know, uh, how do we do that in the easiest way? How do we uh, meet that with our budget as well? Even though CARES Act money is coming in, we got the second round coming in fairly soon here. If, uh, if it's not already, um, you know, how do we maximize those dollars? Because it, they aren't always going to be there. So how do we put technology in the classroom that we know is going to last as well, something that's not just for a hybrid environment, something that when the hybrid environment is gone, that's still going to be functional. And that's really an important conversation to have as well is you don't want to spend money on stuff that you know maybe you're not going to, you're going to only use for a truncated period of time. 
So we try to help with those kind of questions, but I think you see right now the unified communications piece or some sort of function of that camera in the classroom um, and interaction with those who are remote is, is what we're seeing a lot of, um, but a lot of schools are doing it differently. Um, so you have this you know, pretty broad range of solutions. Yeah, and maybe uh, a new direction for the uh, conversation, more on the pedagogical side, um, as far as integrating technology, um, you know, to the benefit of the teachers and students. I know a lot of this technology has been around for a lot longer than the pandemic, um, but it wasn't fully embraced until it had to be. Um, and now it's hard to kind of take a step backwards. So moving forward, what are the keys um, for more professional development for our educators, for um, better integration? Um, pedagogically speaking, what are you seeing as kind of these emerging trends for 2021? And maybe they're not brand new because they were around before, but they're kind of re-emerging um, given the, the situation in 21. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a tough question. I think we, I do come from the, the training side of things. My role was in the classroom, but also on a training perspective. And one of the biggest things, and, and it was really about technology training, uh, a lot of what I did. Um, but so one of the biggest things that I always told people when it came to this is, and recognized, right, that teachers uh, come from all different spectrums of use of technology. And so you're not going to have everybody on the same level. So you do have to find a baseline that makes sense for everybody to learn and what those basic tools are um, and make sure that everybody's comfortable at that level. And then you're going to have your bluebirds, right, that are going to go way up you know, after that and find their own way. And on mo for the most part, a lot of those, those bluebirds will, will, um, will find a, their way on their own and they'll make their own, you know, their own path, which is great. I think that's what we, you know, we want in our students too. We want our students to, you know, explore and to uh, expand on their own and we kind of help them along the way. With technology training, I think that's part of it as well with training and technology and the pedagog pedagogical aspects of that is that you have to provide the teachers with a baseline set of, of instructions and help them get really good at that. And then after that, you have to provide different pathways for different teachers. Uh, some are gonna need that baseline over and over and over again. It's just the nature, the nature of things. Um, and so you have to appreciate that part of it. If you don't, then you end up leaving a lot of people behind. Um, and then on the secondary level of that uh, with providing resources for teachers that are going to be high flyers and and do those things making sure that you're open to those conversations as an institution that you're open to saying yeah we can do that it's going to work or no maybe let's try another way of making that work because it fits better into our infrastructure into our overall solution um, i think we have to be flexible that's 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 the big thing you have to be flexible and what i always tell teachers is if you come into a training and you're presented with all this stuff, right? Well, don't feel like you have to be an expert in everything. But what my mantra was is pick one thing that you can really work on and get really acclimated with and become an expert in that. And then when you've done that, then you can move on to something else. So as teachers, it's hard. It's not an easy task because it's not just the technology that teachers are having to get used to now. It's 
it's now, okay, well now when new year has started, so now I've got a whole new curriculum, I've got several new preps, I've got all the things of dealing with classroom management, with student management, you know, all those things. So it teachers, it's, it's tough. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we think we, you and I talk about learning or e-learning or learning technology, but that's just a small piece of what teachers have to do. And so it's not an easy position to be in, but technology, I feel like can help just a matter of <laughs> trying to use it the right way. So. Yeah. And hopefully a little bit of the right PD will go a long way in providing yeah. those benefits I know sometimes in my experience in professional development, uh, they try to cram an entire book full of information into half a day of learning. And yeah. we never do that with our students, right? Yeah, exactly. They do half exactly. a book sometimes. So um, yeah, really uh, think about the priorities and you know what's the most impact, you know, kind of uh, consumable PD that you can do to, to you know, really help help your teachers. And as we've said many times on this Voices of E-Learning podcast, thank you to all the teachers, all the administrators out there listening. Um, you were heroes in 2020 and are continuing to be heroes in 2021. So absolutely, can't thank you enough. Um, speaking of teacher and student uh, interaction, uh, I know that that, is, that has changed quite a bit as well. Um, what are you seeing as far as those changes um, when using your technology, that student interaction. Yeah. So speaking more specifically about our technology, I think one of the things that that we have seen with teachers, and and you'll you'll talk to a lot of teachers who use ScreenBeam in the classroom, um, especially those ones that are, you know, have a device like a you know a tablet type device that they're walking around with. They have got a pen. You know, they've got a stylus. They can. They've got a whiteboard in their hands and they can use that and they've got cameras on the device and they make use of those things. Um, one of the things that we see with ScreenBeam when I say, okay, I'm gonna open up my device that I've got brought in with me, I immediately can send it to the front of the room um, and I can start writing on my screen. I can open up a PowerPoint and start doing things. Um, I can even hand my device off to a student and have them interact. But more importantly, again, one of the features of ScreenBeam is called Classroom Commander that you can turn on and a student can then share their screen to the front of the room. When you see that, um, when you implement that and, and show students that they can do that, it doesn't become about, it all of a sudden, and it, I've seen it instantly, I've all of a sudden seen students raise their hand and say, hey, I wanna share what's on my screen and maybe it's a student, and I had one teacher tell me this, this student never even spoke up before, but because they could share what they're working on right in front of them, um, that becomes an, uh, something that changed the whole dynamic of that relationship where I'm not gonna get up and I'm not gonna raise my hand, but hey, I've, I'm working on something that I'm proud of. And so I wanna share that with the rest of the class and the teacher can press a button in Classroom Commander and instantly that's, and they can see that student screen first, which is important and <laughs> say they're not just pulling their leg and then say, hey, you know, let's share what, uh, you know, what JW is working on and have him, you know, be able to share, um, you know, share his, his work. And that has been a, a, a thing that we've seen immediately. And then the other thing that you see with, with teachers, once they start to use our technology and have that, uh, what, what, what we've coined as, as teacher or classroom agility, which they, they kind of are able to move around the room while they're using technology, as opposed to always being stuck in the front of the room and plugged in. Um, when they start to use that, students recognize that the teacher is, when they're using a computer, 
the students automatically recognize this teacher is not always going to be in the front of the room. Whereas previous to that, and in a lot of classrooms where they're still everybody's still plugged in, uh, as soon as a teacher turns on their device and starts to use it, um, they know that that teacher is always going to be stuck in that one place. And so you students, you know, they know that they're going to in kind of lose focus for a while because maybe they can't hear the teacher as well because they're always in that one spot and then they start to drift off and you start to lose students but when a teacher is moving around the room and having that agility while they're still teaching with their technology students have to focus in different locations their ears are having to listen different places and they can hear better because the teachers may be a little bit closer um, they know that they can't just act out because the teacher's not going to be stuck up in the front of the room and so it does change uh, significantly once a teacher realizes, hey, this is the best way to use this. And these are best practices for using uh, ScreenBeam and whatever device that they have in front of them. I love that. Um, we focus a lot on the challenges of distance learning in 2020 and overcoming those. But there have been some, a lot of silver linings and some benefits, to your point, some of those students that weren't comfortable in class participating have really thrived in the online environment. That's true. Where That's true. They're they're talking more and they're chatting and they're interacting, and so it sounds like this would be a great way for those students to not lose that completely whenever, if and when they do come back on site, um, but to have some more of that comfortability of being in their seat and with their screen and hopefully want to share that. So um, yeah, that's a good point. Hopeful that that uh, is another silver lining of coming back or a hybrid approach that you can do that and, and absolutely agree with the agility of the teacher. That's just a much more engaging, um, you know, learning environment um, to have that educator moving around, checking the work of the students, but still being able to lead the class. Um, I think that's something that we're going to hopefully continue to see more and more of moving into um, 2021 and beyond. Um, yeah. Yeah. So kind of coming back full circle to this um, holistic strategy of return uh, for schools, not a matter of if, but when, uh, being prepared with the right solutions. Um, you know, what are maybe some common uh, missteps that you've seen districts take, maybe focusing on the wrong thing or um, putting off some decision-making? Um, what are some, some things that maybe districts can avoid making uh, missteps as they're planning for continuing this transition back? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I think we, like you said, we are seeing schools have a, a holistic approach. You know, um, we know students are bringing back devices. We know they are, um, you know, they're going to be, and again, like I said, it's, it's not it's not anymore at this point, I think with the vaccine and all those other things, it's not anymore of if we're coming back, it's, it's when it's gonna happen. And, um, we have seen schools, I guess, if you look at this from the past, from our past experiences, uh, we have seen schools um, and districts that we've worked with uh, drive towards this idea of an, an agile classroom, right, to where they, they want to be contactless, they don't want to have any more cables and wires plugged in, and they don't want buttons on the wall that they're switching between devices. And, and so they've driven towards that, but they've used that mentality and said, well, well, that's we're going to try and do that on the cheap or they have this budget in mind that um, that has displays and devices for teachers and students and then when they come down to that last part of connecting that teacher's device to that big nice display that they've bought 
um, or the projectors that they've put in the rooms, all of a sudden they get to the the, the connection and that they want to be wireless and maybe they bought tablets that are meant to be unplugged. Um, but then they go to that last piece of it of making that connection and they realize, okay, we've either, we spent all our budget or we're going to do something that's on the cheap that maybe worked when we tested it one time um, and maybe did a small group testing. And they don't realize that that one piece uh, wireless display, if you don't have that solid, you know, uh, foundation of wireless display and you bought all this stuff that really is meant to work in that environment, um, you end up plugging your devices in again. And now you're really back to square one because you've set up this whole solution around uh, tablet devices for teachers and maybe even students and maybe big displays and maybe even touchscreen. And, and then you're ending up with still having someone go up and plug in their device in the front of the room. And so we have seen people make that mistake. And that's why we, we do help try to help in that perspective and say, okay, if that's your end goal, if your end goal is, I wanna have contactless environment, I wanna have flexibility with my teachers once students get back, wanna have the ability to move around the room and, and get the most out of their devices. If that's your end goal, then let's start with wireless display as a baseline. So that way, you know, whatever you put into that environment, it's going to have to, it's going to be untethered. You're not going to be plugging in like we've done for the last, you know, 60 years of, you know, computers in the classroom. Um, well, maybe it's not that long, I guess, probably close to close to probably, you know, 35, 40 years of, of computers at the elementary level, um, maybe a little bit longer than that. But you know we're not going back to that same model again. You're you're really kind of getting rid of that and saying that's where we want to be is is you know wireless and untethered. Um, get that piece first, and then build from there. And that way you're not making decisions that you end up having to go back and rebuy or <laughs> or, um, or or reevaluate all over again because you got to that point and you're you're stuck now. You you have to go back to the old way of doing things. That's a big, big piece of that, that we have seen some advice that I would give to a lot of schools, because a lot of schools think that, you know, they're, they're drawn to a very specific solution. Um, and that's saying, I've got to have a big screen that's a touch screen. I've got to have computers. I've got all this other stuff, but they forget that one piece <laughs> that, that gives them really what a modern classroom should be is I, sh I shouldn't be walking into anywhere. I mean, you go from a classroom to a fortune 500 conference room. Why should I walk in anywhere nowadays and take my computer and plug it into something to get it to work, <laughs> you know, exactly. and you really shouldn't be right. I mean, in this day when I can take my phone and I can stream a, you know, two hour movie, you know, in the middle of a field somewhere, <laughs> why should I be plugging in to cables and cords in rooms that I walk into? Um, and that's really what we help people kind of say, Oh, you're, you're right. You know, you, you, I really shouldn't be doing that. So how do I get to that point? Um, so that's my soapbox for, for that stuff. Yeah, well, and as we know with educators, if it doesn't work, yeah. they are pretty quick to go back to what did work before and even give you an I told you so sometimes that, you know, you bought all this fancy stuff and it didn't work. So yeah. um, I totally agree that it's, it's quality and, you know, quality assurance that, you know, what you're investing in is the full picture and it is working uh, before you roll it out because you don't want to, uh, have to uh, re-roll something out that, you know, could be rolled out right the first time. 
Yeah, that's a big thing about with ScreenBeam, you know, what what I've been drawn to as well with, with the company before I came to work from is that, you know, we we have a, an excellent support, you know, group that works with teachers and works with administrators and works with, um, you know, IT departments and, you know, just as a, a second to none. I mean, I would put our support team up against anybody um, to know that we're going to work with you to make sure that you get the experience you want. And that if we say that we're, you know, if ScreenBeam says, yeah, we're going to do this or we're going to work on this feature, or we, you know, this is a feature that we want to have, you know, it happens, you know, and, and that's why we love to get feedback from our teachers and uh, from those companies that we work with to make sure that, hey, you know, that we're, we're listening to what your needs are and what your requests are as well. And that's so critical. I, I feel like a lot of education technology in 2020 became support systems. Um, it was less about selling new things yeah. um, and more about supporting the things they have and supporting the, a great the point. schools and the districts um, at a technical level and on a personal level, you know, a social emotional level, just like the teachers and the students um, have that, you know, you need to have that bond in that environment before you can learn. Uh, I feel like a lot of the education technology uh, industry really came together and rallied around helping our schools um, because it was the right thing to do and and it's good business practice. Um, so we've talked about the challenges and the potential missteps. I'd love to end on a high note. Um, and so um, I always like to ask for a success story, um, a recent success story, whether that's uh, early this year or last year. Um, could be a teacher, could be a school, uh, someone that made a, uh, a positive transition and, you know, was more all the better for it. Um, do you have a good story you could tell us to kind of close out on? We, we have had those situations where teachers, um, I think it's a work from home solution that we've seen that I think is more recent to me and, and teacher, uh, one teacher in particular, you know, bringing their device home and using it at home uh, in their home, work from home office and sh showing the value of that even in that environment um, and saying, hey, this made it easier for me to set up my office so that I can have some flexibility with my device and with my, you know, my, in this case, I think they, you know, maybe you're setting it up in their living room um, and they had to have some way to connect to another screen um, and, and ScreenBeam gave, gave them the ability to do that. And, and I think that really is what we have been about in this last year is flexibility. Um, and we even, at, based on some of those experiences, you know, we, we've made some videos that say, hey, here's how you can use your screen beam, you know, uh, in a work from home environment. If you're able to, to get it and use it, here's some tips on, hey, this is how it works with two screens. This is how you can use it to make your screen into a background and teach from that, you know, perspective and use your tablet. So that, those, that's a particular experience that I think is good to share in that look, you know, as, as I said earlier in the call, um, teachers have to be flexible. And I think ScreenBeam gives you that ability to do that in a number of different ways. And, and even as far as being, you know, at home and, and being stuck there, you still can use things um, like ScreenBeam and the tools that you want to be able to use in that environment. So I love it. And I'm envisioning a science teacher at home too, that maybe has some manipulatives or an experiment. Yeah. They need to be able to, you know, have that flexibility moving their laptop around or their camera, things like mm -hmm. that. So um, I love it. 
Uh, well, I I think we could go for another 30 minutes here, but uh, (laughs) uh, put a a, a cap on today's conversation, Uh, but we'd love to have you back. David Lopez from Screaming. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, JW. Appreciate it. And to everyone in uh, my audience that's either watching or listening to this episode, thank you again for joining us. We love to see you. We love to get your comments and feedback. Um, Email me, jw.marshall at marketscale.com. Check out past episodes, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks for joining, and always, always keep learning.